Hello and welcome to Everyday Sublime. This is your host, Josh Summers. It's an honor and pleasure to have your attention here. And today I am excited to host uh, a second chit chat conversation with my partner, Terry Coburn. Hi, Terry. Hi, Josh. Thank you for having me again. Great to have you back. We're, we're rolling ahead with our New Year's resolution to record chit chats regularly. Um, and uh, what I'm looking forward to exploring in our conversation today is the role of lymphatic health in terms of promoting the health of our flowing energy or chi. And you and I have, I'd say over probably like the last three or four years, really started to look at this more closely, the, the relationship between lymphatic health and chi flow. And in our upcoming training, Purifying Water, which refers to purifying the lymph, or really the fluids of the body, which includes the lymph, Purifying Water is really the heart of, of our practice that we're sharing in that training um, that helps circulate chi. Um, so to begin um, this conversation, I'm going to continue the monologue for another minute and just share. Just one minute? Just one Only minute. Only one minute. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> if you need to interject at any point, you have par the partner's, uh, what's, what would be the word? The, the, the partner's prerogative. If you want to interrupt me, feel free. Um, I'm sure the audience would love that. But the, the way I came to appreciate this is a little bit kind of a, an indirect route in or an indirect path. About four years ago, it was the December 2019, I remember I was walking my late dog, Ozzy, around my, my neighborhood in Newton, Massachusetts, and I slipped on some ice on, a, on the sidewalk that I hadn't seen. I fell, took a tumble, landed on my right elbow, and it was, for this person who has been accident averse, meaning I have just haven't had that many accidents in my life. I had a pretty bad fall on my elbow that didn't quite break the bone, but was like a tiny hairline fracture and certainly limited my range of motion for a while, for a long while, I should say. Um, I Part of the reason why the, 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 the fall was so injurious was that I also had a 30-pound backpack or rucksack on my back as part of my habit of liking to walk with heavy weight from time to time, the exercise called rucking. So I had fallen on my elbow and um, I was doing all the things I was trying to do to, to help preserve the mobility, regain the, my, my lost range of motion. And this went on for over a year where I was like doing everything I could think of uh, that included, you know, hanging, dead hangs for traction. I was... Um, Dyna splint. The, the what? The Dyna splint. Oh, the Dyna... That you had to rent at quite a high cost. Yes, it was a... It was not... It was an out-of-pocket expenditure that my insurance didn't cover. But the Dyna splint was something that I learned about in doing research for my yin yoga trainings because the Dyna splint was invented by some PTs, as I recall, where it's essentially a spring-loaded brace that when you wear it, exerts a mild stress on the joint, trying to open it um, over a long, and you're meant to wear it for several hours a day, um, really up to anywhere up to, I think, four hours a day if possible. 
So I was walking around with this enormous brace on, putting tension on the elbow, doing a slow traction or a long held traction on the, on the joint and um, hoping that my elbow would regain its, its range of motion. And I, I would say, you know, over the year, I got almost all my range of motion back minus five or 10%. And I was willing to accept that, but I was also a little bit frustrated until what happened? A colleague of yours. Oh, that that colleague. <laughs> a colleague of yours recommended that you try gua sha. That's right. Um, so at that point, I had already moved to Maine, and we bought our house here in Maine together. And um, having moved to Maine, I reconnected with an acupuncture colleague of mine from acupuncture school um, who has a practice locally in Yarmouth. Um, and she and I had gone for a walk and I gave her my sob story about my poor elbow. And she said, just as you shared, have you tried gua sha, Josh? Now in my head, gua sha was a practice and sort of an adjunct acupuncture practice that I learned when I was in school. I did it some of my practice, although I tended, when I wanted to do gua sha type things, which I'll, we'll get into explaining what that is, but I tended to use cups more, I did more cupping in my acupuncture practice than using gua sha. Um, so at her suggestion, and she, I think when we went back to our cars, she pulled out of the back seat of her car, she gave me one of the spoons, the sort of porcelain soup spoons that uh, some practitioners use. She says, I give these to PT friends of mine, I give them to somebody who works with dancers and Alvin Ailey's troupe, and like everybody with musculoskeletal problems. That's Are you Canadian? No, <laughs> no, not Australian or New Zealand. <laughs> musculoskeletal problems. Um, she was saying that any kind of musculoskeletal problem was really uh, improving with some consistent gua sha practice. So I, I got my spoon and wasn't really expecting all that much. To be honest, I was a little skeptical. Um, I started just gently scraping drawing the spoon against my elbow, below the elbow, and the forearm, behind the elbow, and the underside of the elbow. I did this for about two days, and within that short period of time, I felt like I regained four more percent of my range of motion, and eventually over the next week, my range of motion came back entirely. And that really um, surprised me, and I know you were surprised by it, and sort of got interested in, and, and that's kind of where it led, is that your interest took over in a way. I mean, my elbow got back and I was happy to have my elbow functioning well again, but what was it about gua sha that grabbed you? Well, when you started to scrape your elbow with that little spoon, I, you know, I have my own old injuries limited mobility in certain body parts, wrist, ankle, uh, to be more specific. But I went to the uh, good old Google search engine and researched gua sha, and I couldn't believe all of the information that was showing up around gua sha for the for the face and so I went into I went into it for pure vanity reasons. I was really interested in a, a facial routine that just depuffed eyes and got the blood flow moving 
under the the skin of the face. So that was that led me down a, a whole rabbit hole of different types of tools to use on the face for um, for a morning routine or even a nighttime routine. And I think at one point in our evenings were just a lot of tools <laughs> being applied and various parts of the body to to wind down to assist with with sleeping and yeah I, I got into a, a several different types of um, gua sha tools to use on the face as well as the body as well I, I was using the the metal gua sha tools we we are encouraging the use of a stone in our training um, just in a and using gua sha in a very mild way but it reminded me of Graston, the Graston technique that I had had before when I was running long distances and having some um, therapeutic work done in that way. And I really enjoyed, I didn't enjoy the Graston work so much because it was, it was rather painful and left me with a lot of bruising on my legs and, and different parts of my body. But in trying this new modality, both on the face and on bigger areas of the body, like the legs, for instance, and the arms, I was very surprised at how good I felt. I didn't feel as, as much stiffness. I, I felt as though my range of motion was uh, just kind of staying in a really healthy zone. And I felt as though I was recovering from workouts, weight training workouts, and even for just, you know, mild, you know, running or exercise, even our long days of yard work, we mm. would do some gua sha on other parts of the body. And yeah, so a combination of, oh, wow, this is a, a beauty treatment for the skin. I'm all about that. And as well as just the the rest of the rest of the body too. Yeah. And I think it was really, you know, you're you're digging into the, the literally <laughs> the, the way you dug into the 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 application of gua sha and and discovering all the different ways people were using gua sha and have historically used gua sha stones for you know, self-care, self self uh maintenance, um kind of a self-practice for uh health and vibrancy um the it was just something that I wasn't really cognizant of or what, just conscious of when I was in acupuncture training. It was always something to, to be used at, as an adjunct therapy if, there, if someone had blood stasis or if there was pain in a particular area. Very similar to Graston where there would be scraping and you'd use a, a, a lubricant of some sort to really go deeply and strongly and try to get a strong uh, discoloration which would bring up the toxin in the blood in the area to help promote blood flow. This is the way it was explained. But through your research, I kept seeing people talking about lymphatics and helping how helping the stone being a tool to help with lymphatic drainage or lymphatic flow. And the more I started looking into that myself and with the help of some of the, the books I was reading about um, acupuncture theory in in communication with Western medical theory. Um, and I just want to give a, a shout out to Dr. Daniel Keown, the author of The Uncharted Body, whose book, The Uncharted Body, really has opened my eyes in some ways. And the way this all relates to our practice of yoga, 
if I were to summarize this in a, like a nutshell, and this is kind of at the kernel or the heart of the upcoming training, Purifying Water, is that in yoga, particularly in yin yoga, we talk about the fascia. But the fascia is not separate from the water, the fluid within the fascia. And in Chinese medicine, pumping fluid and blood and qi are all interrelated. So the circulation of our fluid, the circulation of our qi, the circulation of our blood are all interrelated. And the more I've been thinking about it, the water component, the fluid of our body, when it's in the vascular system, we call it blood. When the fluid is in the spaces between the vascular system and the lymphatic system, we call it interstitial fluid. When the fluid is in the lymphatic vessels, we call it lymph. But it's fluid, it's water all the same in different locations with different uh, consistencies. Um, and Chinese medicine is looking at a way to promote that fluidity, that flow of the fluid, because if there's stagnation, whether it's in the blood or in the lymph or in the interstitial tissue, if there's stagnation, that's going to create a, a blockage of qi or blockage of energy, and that leads to sort of dysregulation of qi flow, which leads downstream to patterns of disharmony and, and, and symptoms of ill health. Stagnant water breeds disease, Ken Cohen will say. Yes, stagnant water. It's a great line. Stagnant water breeds disease. So that being said, that we're, we're dealing with one way we, we've always talked about, uh, we talked about this in our last chi chat, the young of chi cultivation. Yin yoga is great for folks who are deficient in chi. You know, if there's not enough chi, it's restorative yoga. Yin yoga can be very good at helping build up one's chi reservoir. To get the chi flowing well, to get circulation moving, to get pump fresh chi and blood through the system, we need a yang yoga, which relates to what we're about to talk about. Now, oftentimes in yin yoga culture, speaking generally about the way I've heard yin yoga folks talk about influencing the chi, it's been through this lens of we need to do a pose to hold a pose in such a way so that a channel within the targeted area of the pose, a channel or quote unquote meridian, which isn't the best word, but the channel is being stimulated. So it could be we do a pose for the kidney channel. We do a pose for the bladder channel. So there's been this, what I consider a reductionistic way of approaching qi cultivation in the practice of yin yoga emphasizing stimulation of a channel. And for a number of years, you've witnessed me try to create a model of understanding that pushes back on that reductionism, that it's that's way too limited of, limited of a model to really explain everything that's going on in both yin and yang yoga in, in terms of its effect, their effects on our chi health. The thing that I want to bring forward in this upcoming training, the pure the training of purifying water, the water of chi cultivation. The sorry. flow of chi cultivation. Yeah. <laughs> purifying water, the flow of chi cultivation is that the in Chinese medicine, the fascia is not discussed directly. But there isn't a mysterious organ called the triple burner that gets talked about quite a bit. And in, in classical texts, like whether it's the Huangdi Neijing, the Yellow Emperor's Canon, or the um, the Su Wen, the Book of Simple Questions, 
if there's any of these classical texts, the triple burner is often described as an organ with a function but no form. A function but no form. It's often described as the, 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 the magistrate or the office of the, of the water pathways. And it's also often described as an avenue. The triple burner is described as an avenue of chi flow or of, of original chi that flows through the triple burner. All of that as an acupuncture student was incredibly confusing to me, like incredibly confusing to me. I was like, what? Like, we're talking about something that has a function, but no form. Where is this mysterious water that's flowing through it? If it has no form, you know, what's this original, how does original chi disseminate through? I thought chi flowed through channels, but now it's talking about this chi's flowing through something that has no form. Basically, I was, back when I was a student, I was like, what the hell? What the, this makes no sense to me. In... You know, in light of Dr. Daniel Keown's writing, both in his books, The Spark and, Spark and the Machine and The Unshuttered Body, he makes a very compelling case that the triple burner is, it, it's not a, a typical organ like a, like that has shape and, and discrete uh, location. He, his argument is that triple burner is the fascia itself, the whole body-wide net of the fascia. And it's not just the fascia, it's also the fluid within the fascia. So the, 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 the fascia, well, he describes it perfectly. He says, if you think of your house, the fascia is the material that your house is made of. The spaces that the, the material creates, that's the potential space in your body through which chi flows and the water flows. So uh, the fascial water relationship is central here. And um, we are looking at practices, namely very simple but effective ways of massaging significant areas of the body where there's a concentration of lymph nodes and powerful acupuncture points, learning to massage these in a routine, regularized way, combined with the benefit of this tool, the gua sha stone, to help flow the channel or flow the area, shouldn't say the channel, but flow the area or promote the lymphatic flow through, through that region. Um, now, that was a lot of theory saying that we're, we're emphasizing the, the flow of fluid through the, the, the triple burner, purifying that through practice and experiencing a heightened exp, uh, flow of chi. I'll just say on my side, then I want to turn it over to you, Terry, to, to share your side of the experience. But in combining our practice with these elements, uh, I, as an acupuncturist, try to evaluate its effect on the chi by referring to the functions of chi. So chi moves things in the body. It moves fluid, it moves blood, and it when it's flowing well, there's a sense of inner relaxation. So I, whenever I talk about harmonized chi, I'm looking, is the person or am I feeling more internally relaxed? And my answer so far is yes. I feel in the result of these practices, particularly using the gua sha stone, there is a palpable change in the quality of chi flow. Second, chi helps transform things. Naming, and that refers to the function of digestion. And I would say on my end, my since we've been adding these practices in a, in a, in a kind of a tight little way now for a, several months, 
um, my relationship to things that I used to have cravings for, whether it was salty snacks or sweet snacks, my snacking life has changed. I, I'm just not snacking really nearly as much as I used to. Um, and I also feel like I'm getting uh, just better digestion. I won't get into the, the graphic details around that, but I, I do feel like I have better digestion. But the, the other one is that chi, when it's flowing well, is has a warming function. It warms the body. It warms the organs. And we're in the middle of our winter. And, um, you know, I can usually tell the temperature of our of our house when we come down in the morning, we wake up, we go downstairs, and I can usually tell the temperature of the house just based on how it feels. And anything below 64 degrees Fahrenheit feels pretty, has felt pretty uncomfortable to me. Now, we've had some mornings lately where it's 60 degrees, and I'm like, wow, it felt like it feels balmy at 65. <laughs> or after our practice, I'll go stand outside in the grass barefoot, and, uh, you know, it's 30 or minus below 30 degrees out, and I just... No, it's not below 30. It's not below. Let me, let me say that again. It's <laughs> below... It's under... It's between, 28. Not, it's mid-20s, yeah. <laughs> it's mid-20s, say. And I am just aware that uh, I'm much more tolerant of the cold. I feel warmer. I feel that warmth in my hands and feet. Um, and these are just some of the ways that it, to me, as an acupuncturist, signals that the chi is flowing better, the chi is stronger in its flow. And I'm curious to hear from you what your experience, what you've been noticing since you've been integrating the lymphatic practice of massaging as well as the gua sha's tool. Yes, I have three specific changes I've noticed. One is the warming effect, my hands and my feet. I, for, since I was, I would say, 16, 17 years old, I would suffer from ray nodes, uh, the poor circulation and the extremities, the fingers, toes would go white. And that could be any time of the year, but more, it would happen more frequently in the colder weather. And even here, just waking up in the house is 60 degrees, we're scurrying around, getting the fire going, getting our morning beverages happening. And sometimes I would just have that, that cold, um, my finger, I would show you my fingers I'd have three fingers that were pure white. I haven't had any of those episodes in the last several weeks since incorporating these routines. And I attribute that to this work that we're, that we're doing, just keeping that, 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 uh, energy flowing. And I, so I have that, I definitely experience that warming effect in, in my, in my hands and in my feet. And I won't interject too long here, but I just want to mention for the audience that you hadn't even noticed that until I brought it up. This is true. Right. Yes. Like we, I forgot. On, I forgot. Okay. Our, hey, wait, I forgot that I, yeah. I mean, I've experienced that. Having treated Raynaud's in my own clinic, it's a, as an acupuncturist, I've always felt it was a very difficult condition to treat, you know, mm -hmm. and, and I, and I could see in my clients how painful it was, you know, it wasn't just that white, sometimes they'd get even darker, mm. like a purpley color tinge to the fingertips. That's all sign of a, a, a kind of stagnation. Um, and, and, and so I brought it up on our walk today and you said, hang on. <laughs> yeah, actually that's been absent. And it, which is just goes to the Thich Nhat Hanh line where he says, when the toothache goes, you tend not to miss it because you don't notice it's like what you don't miss the toothache when it's gone. Right. You just, it gets back to normal and you're just functioning normal again. 
Yes. I, so yes, thank you for reminding me that I haven't had any of those episodes because I've been living with it for so long. I forgot that, you know, it, it just, it's just such a part of my life that I don't, I, I, but I don't even really think about it until you brought it up and I'm like, Hey, I haven't, it's been a while since yeah. my, I've noticed the discomfort of the poor circulation in my fingers or toes. So that's one. And the other one is like you, the not having the sugar cravings. And that is, that's huge for me and my love affair with sugar, especially candy, gummy candy, or just terrible, like, you know, licorice and gummy bears and, you know, that type of that type of it's why treat I, and when she comes back from the grocery store i i just I, I go into hiding i don't want to see what comes out of the bag yeah. at times i do often hide these things from you because you've you have asked me to don't don't show you what i have so I'll, i have like my secret stash i haven't replenished that secret stash in a, a while it's been a while but usually i would allow myself a little bit every day or i would have a, a hankering and it's and it, it would also coincide with my my cycle my menstrual cycle and if i'm craving a little bit more sugar but i haven't had any of those cravings which feels odd because we did i will say on valentine's day you and i did go to the store with the intention of purchasing because we didn't have anything in the house so okay we're going to the store to get something sweet and we both were sort of kind of wandering around like i don't even know what to get we just we didn't even have the craving for anything sweet and i think we ended up with a little ben and jerry's but we didn't finish it and it that's that's a first yeah. That's that is a first. The Ben and Jerry's did not get finished. Um our spleens are thanking us for, <laughs> for not finishing. So but the third thing that I have noticed is in this process, I think I'm day five now of no coffee. And I've I've always been, or for a long time I've been a one cup per day coffee drinker, but it's a strong cup. I mean, it is it's a hearty, <laughs> strong cup of coffee. And I decided to make the switch over to black tea in the morning. And I did it on a day that I wasn't teaching any public classes. It was a day that we were just, it's one of my homework days. And mm -hmm. like, okay, if I have a headache or any adverse effects, I can just, I can deal. You know, I don't have to be in front of people. And I had no headache, no issues, no detox issues at all, no symptoms whatsoever. So I have seamlessly made this switch from coffee every day for, I mean, more than half of my life I've had coffee. I've gone through periods of taking coffee out for a short period of time, but I feel as though I, it's as though I've, I've lost, I don't want to say I've lost interest in coffee. I, I am still... <laughs> still love the smell and I love the taste, but my body for some reason just doesn't want to consume it. And mm. I attribute it to this practice, the combination of the lymphatic massage and the, um, the other aspects of the, the physical practice that we're doing and, and with the consistency of doing those practices. So I am, I'm thrilled that I can, I have been able to make that 
that switch. Yeah. And <laughs> if you're only listening to this in the audio version of the podcast, the listeners will not see the golden halo that, that yes. circles around Terry's head now. Yes. Um, now that she's coffee free. I'm I'm coffee free curious. Um, I'm I'm interested in the idea of, of liberating myself from the bean. Um, You've done this before. I have done it before, and quite honestly, every time I've done I done that, I've I found my joie de vivre tanks. <laughs> I feel like I slide into a um, an unnecessary uh, self caused depression, um, but. I'm willing. I'm willing to give it a shot soon. I'm just not at the right moment where I'm. Well, ready. I'll be ready with the the intravenous tea. <laughs> tea or no, the if you need an infusion of coffee, I will make sure you get that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it'll be interesting though for us to talk a little bit about um, how we are, are conceiving to integrate these different practices because we're talking about in this training we're talking about dynamic and static stability, mobility. Um, and so basically the forms of yang practice that you're sharing that I just tried to articulate, um, but we're combining that with the, with the lymphatic massage and the gua sha lymphatic tool um, to help promote the chi flow. And we're combining that with, with pranayama. Um, so, Here's my stab on, on on describing the integration, and then I want to see obviously what how you would describe it too. But from my perspective, in this training that we're going to be offering, um, and it's I just want to say this is open for any sincere practitioner. You don't have, have to have any intention to teach it, but if you are a teacher, you'll get a kind of a, a toolbox of skills and um, practices that you can share within your classes. At the heart of it, we start with self-massage techniques on these, these large areas of the body that have powerful acupuncture points near large areas of um, lymphatic uh, nodes and ducts. And by opening these up, by stimulating them through massage, it's like we're, op- as you, I think you've used the phrase regularly, we're opening the faucets of getting the, the, the lymphatic system to flow. When the faucets are open, then you're taking them through people through a comprehensive joint mobility, articulating our joints through tolerable ranges of motion, um, but going from head to toe, working through all the joints, and then from that moving into more dynamic practices of stabilizing the body, particularly through the spine and shoulders, to then from that foundation of stability, taking them through dynamic mobility where there's some stability still, but we're now expressing that stability through uh, larger ranges of motion that involve um, a lot of um, yoga type moves that are great for spinal health. And from that, once once, once we we, we go through and once we'll be taking people through this, when you get through the physical practice, then... uh, we feel like the, the, the chi and blood and lymph are flowing at, in an optimal way. We both feel there's a kind of palpable shift that we experience that's, that's not, um, not at all unpleasant, I should say. <laughs> it smells great. Um, but then from there, we're suggesting, and we'll be teaching this, we'll be teaching basic 
massage protocols with the gua sha stone. We have one for the neck and face, which you could call a kind of facial rejuvenation practice. I'm a little bit anti that because I I, I think I, I, the cosmetic side of things is not something I want to you know align my own messaging with, but it's definitely there. This is this will brighten the spirit. Um, and, and I should say the spirit that appears in the face. The, from a Chinese perspective, the, the spirit uh, is manifest in the complexion. But what I've been finding is when I do the facial routine, routine with the gua sha stone and then go to meditation or go to my pranayama practice, you know, people use the phrase drop in. Well, when the tension has been sort of melted and relaxed out of the face, um, my sense is that the spirit is able to reside in the heart. So that's the, the heart is the organ that is meant to house the spirit. When the spirit resides in the heart, it's much easier to enter the flow of the breath experience or the flow with the meditative experience. Um, and if you're doing pranayama with the whole triple burner, the fascial net and the fluid in the fascial net with that more um, cleared out, less obstructed, purified in a way, the fascia itself becomes a medium through which the gases, namely the oxygen of respiration, diffuse through the, that medium more easily. Nutrients and goodness from the blood can diffuse through the medium to get to the cells and organs and tissues. Waste products can re be removed more easily. There's just more, there's just better transportation of energy throughout the system. Um, that's been my empirical experience with it um, as, as a comprehensive practice. And I'm really experienced ex or really excited to share this with others and and to hear how others are experiencing it. But mm -hmm. on your side, what like do you, you? I assume you're feeling something similarly. But are there any differences or things that you would add? I can't think of. I mean, I agree with you. I, I experienced that as well. Um, just the you know, just the the brightening and the, the the ability to drop in to this heart space, and even if that is in a seated meditation for a set period of time, or for me, given my my schedule and that I'm if I'm running around and and I have other things to do, I'll do my practice. I'll uh, it, we incorporate the the mobility, the stability work, the we we walk together in the morning usually before the other things that we both have to do separately for our work. And just incorporating the gua sha and some breath work before I might have to have a have a meeting or go teach a class outside of the house or or something along those lines. I feel that that brightening of spirit, whether I'm sitting in meditation or I have to engage with others it's it is a palpable feeling it is a it is a, a a change that i do feel on a subtle level yep. that isn't so subtle it's so whether we're spending that time within ourselves or we're out in the world it's that that brightening is is apparent i feel yeah and i just want to piggyback on what you said because that was that's actually the set this big piece of what i forgot to say which is that the integration of these practices, the physical side of massaging and then doing a yang, a very intelligent sequence of yang activity, yang mobility and stability practice, and then using the gua sha tool, um, 
it, all of these together make the subtle body, as you just said, not so subtle, meaning the energetic experience of the body becomes much more obvious. And in developing that sensitivity to the subtle body, then you become much more empowered as a practitioner for how to influence that energy. You, you just become, you know, the question we always get is from people is, how much should I do this one thing? How, what should I eat? Blah, blah, blah. You know, you don't have to ask some external authority on what to do when your perception of the subtle body is stronger. You are much more sensitive to cause and effect of the, whatever you put into your body, whatever you drink, whatever your whatever your movement practices. You're much more sensitive to its effect on you, so you're better able to cultivate and 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 guide your own practice. Um, and 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 just before I pass back to you is the thing that the reason why I do like if if I have my ideal day, I like to do the facial gua sha treatment before pranayama is because it just helps drain my sinuses. It helps drain everything. I feel like each breath is really, to be a little bit overly romantic, is just this delicious experience. It's it's a very pleasant experience that feels refreshing. It feels enlivening. And, you know, I'm not someone that would, I wouldn't have felt that if, if it weren't for the gua sha tool. Mm-hmm. You know? I do feel that in in incorporating the gua sha work, it has helped with my own, in my own personal experience, it has helped with my own understanding of being able to feel the energy. And that has aided in my continued development of skill in working with qigong forms. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I think we said in the last episode about Qigong can feel like you're just waving your arms around, but when we have practices that really pinpoint our attention to that movement of fluid below the surface of the skin in the body, that only helps our our skill. And Qigong is developing a skill of being able to understand that energy, feel that energy, and then learn from there how to guide and direct it and use it towards optimal health. That's why we do Qigong, so we can get that energy to flow. So I do think the Gua Sha tool has, you know, it started for me, like, how can I get less puffiness (laughs) under my eyes to it moving into a a tool that has really kind of elevated, I would say, my my own Qigong practice, my own understanding and being able to feel and sense the energy. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, So, that that's what why we're excited about this upcoming training. Um, we had a uh, a monthly practice yesterday, and uh, we didn't get involved with the gua sha during that practice, but um, that will be definitely part of the the upcoming training. And uh, just want to say that you know we'd love for you to join. Uh, we offer a very steep discount for our members in our in our practice sangha when you join the Riverbird Sangha. We give you 50% off trainings because uh, we feel that to get the most out of our trainings, it's helpful to practice regularly with us in our weekly classes or through the library of recordings so that you see over over and over again how to apply the basic principles of the practice and see variations of it so you can really integrate it and make it your own. So when we say young practice, I just want to end on this note. We're not talking about 
doing a specific form exactly the way we do it, what Terry is going to be emphasizing, and this is, I've really appreciated how she's helped me figure this out. She will help you find out, find and discover for yourself your own optimal young form that is unique to you based on your your life conditions, your, the way your body is, um, your age. Um, and and I just want to say to this, on this point, um, my dad is really excited about taking this training. My dad, my, no, this, I know this, this is a funny thing to bring at the end here, but my dad has been on my case for a few years to make him some videos of basic daily practices he could do for mo- to maintain his mobility and and keep up his his energy and uh you know I I I stand by this practice that we're sharing that this is the one that I would recommend to my nearest and dearest friends and family like if I can give this as a gift to anybody it would be do this practice daily you're going to feel a whole lot better mm-hmm. I agree so and you might even give up coffee and sugar Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe next cheat chat, I'll, I'll be at that threshold of saying goodbye to coffee. Um, gosh, that's been, a, that's been a long relationship. I'm not sure I'm ready, but that was a great chat with you again, Terry. Thanks, Josh. Fun chatting with you as well. It was. We should say also to listeners, please send us your questions. We, um, you can send us an email at info at yinyogaschool.com. Check out the show notes for how you can practice with us. Check out in the show notes for how you can train with us to purify your water. And uh, we look forward to talking to you soon. All the best and take good care.